Hey, what's up, guys? It's Abdullah. And Bean. And welcome to Great Moments in Weed History. Now, on this show, we explore some of the lesser-told stories in the long, long, fascinating history of cannabis. I have no idea what Bean's about to tell us. That's how this show goes. Bean's done some research, and he's going to tell us about a great moment in weed history, and we're going to chat about it. We're going to smoke some weed. Uh, We're going to have some fun. Maybe we'll have some tea. So, Bean, what do we got going on for this episode? We have an amazing story today. Uh, uh, We're going back further in time than we've ever gone by far so far. Oh, my God. In cannabis history. You know, 10,000 years of human use. Uh, We're not going quite back that far, uh, but definitely to a time predating prohibition. See, then that's a very interesting point, because to a lot of people, the entire history of cannabis is one that begins with the American prohibition of cannabis, you know, in the 20th century. But of course, there's a lot more to it because weed was not illegal. You know, I I hesitate to say legal because legal implies that there's an illegal state for this plant that grows just about anywhere. But weed was completely ubiquitous at one point, right? Yeah. You know, cannabis might be the first... Uh, ever purposely grown plant. Um, you know, our, our oldest societies were foraging societies. They found their food uh, as they wandered around. And and e- no matter how much people liked food, they never turned to agriculture. But then as soon as people found cannabis, they said, you know what, we should probably figure out a way to have this all the time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> literally, like, growing cannabis is an ancient practice. And I think what it goes back to is the sheer utility of cannabis itself. You know, here's something where you can, you know, pound up the seeds and make meal to, you know, to, to make nutritious food. Uh, or you can use the fibers to make clothes or, you know, and it'll grow anywhere. It's incredibly resilient. So, you know, I say, why not? Like, what other plant was there that offered itself to be so easy and useful to grow to these ancient people. Yeah. Food, fiber, medicine, spirituality, you know, all the things that we turn to cannabis for, it, it, it provided for those ancient peoples. I see that you are, uh, my partner here is, is nearing completion on our joint. We're if close. you're not quite there... You know, no shame in hitting pause for a second, getting yourself caught up. Yeah, we're just going to take a break. We're going to play Wooly Bully by Sam Sham and the Pharaohs. <laughs> and that's about two minutes and 35 seconds. Plenty of time to roll up a J for yourself. Bean, where exactly in the history of cannabis are we starting today? Oh, are, are we ready to do this? I don't know. Are you ready to do it? How's that joint coming? It's coming pretty good. By the time we finish saying the little intro <laughs> thing, it'll be rolled. I'll have crossed that pivotal point where you curl the... Bottom part around the crotch. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's launch into a great moment in weed history. Yeah, if anybody out there in the world wants to psych Bean out while he's, you know, <laughs> at at bat or like on on Jeopardy or whatever, just start rolling a J. Because weirdly, you know, just how all superheroes like their weakness is close to them. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> it's like the crinkling of a rolling paper will fucking throw off beans concentration. It it does. Yeah. It it and I mean I mean you'll see why because okay I'm gonna ask the listeners at home concentrate on something other than this for a second something important. Okay, you ready? Go. He's still concentrating. Wait, wait what? He's still concentrating. Yeah. Is it fucking you? Is that fucking you? A great thing about it is that it don't, the torture only lasts a couple seconds. <laughs> We're done. And it, it it's you know has a happy ending. Yeah, it does. Oh man, and this stuff smells a lot. We're about to smoke some scrumpy, which tastes as good as it sounds. And hopefully, it tastes a little better than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it tastes scrumpy, and that's that. All right, <laughs> its name is an adjective. <laughs> Everything about it is scrumpy. Okay. And we are twisted. How about it, Bean? Okay. <clears throat> Today's great moment in weed history took place in the Middle East roughly 2,000 years ago. Hmm. Any idea where this is heading? Uh, yeah. I mean, it could be about uh, trade. It could be about the economics you know, around cannabis. Cannabis was one of the early tradable commodities you know, between the Middle East, North Africa, and South Asia. So perhaps it's going there, but you know what? I'm going to wait for some more info. All right. 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, a little girl has been suffering terribly with severe epileptic seizures, though the condition would not have been diagnosed or even understood at the time. Instead, that poor child likely would have been seen as demonically possessed. Oh, man, that's terrible. So, yeah, this is, I mean, something that goes way back. Um, you know, seizure, seizure disorder is one of the things that cannabis has been used to treat for a very, very long time. Thousands of years. I think ancient China perhaps was one of the first accounts of using it for seizure disorder. But really now, you know, we're looking at it as like, oh, wow, CBD, the new discovery, you know, which we'll talk more about in a little bit, I'm sure. Um, but really, this is not a new discovery, you know, as as we're finding out now, 2,000 years. Yeah. Well, even the idea of plant medicine, all medicine was plant medicine up until the first synthetic pharmaceutical drugs, uh, which is recent history. Um, and, and now there's all these, um, you know, prejudices against plant medicine. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like society is finally coming around back to the point of looking a lot more skeptically at a pharmaceutical than at a plant. And yet I think still, even in that environment, even though we're transitioning now, there's still a lot of people who will just take whatever their doctor gives them without ever really asking what's in this, how is it affecting my body? You know what I mean? Um, And that's the school of medicine that has admonished cannabis as a, uh, you know, as, as a medicine with efficacy. So I hope, you know, I hope that people are changing their minds about it and being more skeptical about the medicines that they're given and thinking about intuitively, logically, you know, when you try something that's not toxic to you, that's not going to have you know, a bunch of negative side effects. You know what I mean? That it just makes more sense to use that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, get yeah, back to so, it. Um, so here's this poor little girl. She's having these seizures. Um, she has the same condition as as anyone now who have uh, had a seizure condition, but no one really understands why. And 
and um, they may have thought of her as demonically possessed because of the symptoms of this seizure disorder. Um, at least until the day a stranger came to town calling himself Jesus of Nazareth, but named by his disciples as Christ, which means the anointed. Wow, look at that. So, you know, when you first mentioned 2,000 years ago, obviously you're like, oh, the beginning of Western time, essentially, right? But who knew that this was a Jesus story? Go figure. <laughs> That's amazing. And yes, folks at home, Jesus was totally a cannabis advocate. Just so you know, that's where we're headed. This, but how was he a cannabis advocate? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, that idea is kind of bubbled up into, into the popular consciousness. But I think what people don't realize is some of the scholarship that paints this picture and, and, and what that story is really about. So, uh, you know, if, you're, if the idea of this immediately turns you off, I just, I just say keep listening with an open mind, you know, and 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 if it seems too far fetched to consider, well, think of all the lies you've ever heard about cannabis, and and that you to understand differently had to look at the evidence. Yeah. Um, so let's look at the evidence. Yeah, you know, this whatever you learn from this, it shouldn't change your opinion of us, or it shouldn't change your opinion of Jesus Christ. It should change your opinion about cannabis. You know what I mean? Like, that's the idea here is like, we're saying that, you know, these are all these are all positive things, things that were there to affect positive change in some way. You know, and I think religion has been wielded, you know, secularly wielded to convince people that, uh, you know, certain ideas or certain substances are not okay. But look, again, remember, cannabis prohibition is only less than 100 years old. Jesus, this is like 2,000 years ago. We're talking about a different time. Forget about what you know about the secular laws of today. Because in the long run, you'll find out what we're trying to tell you is that they're bullshit. Right? Yeah. And also, you know, what we're going to come to find out is that there's a very different kind of prohibition around cannabis, a very specific one. Um, and that uh, Jesus himself may have been the person who broke it. But hang in there. So, so. Um, this person comes to town, calls himself Jesus, but his followers are the ones who named him Christ. So he, his name's Jesus. He's from Nazareth. Christ is a name given to him that means the anointed. That's what the word Christ means. That's very important to remember. Um, it's not his last name. His Cousin was not Eddie Christ. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. His grandson wasn't like, if my name isn't Brian J. Christ III. <laughs> okay. So he shows up in town. Here's this, um, this sick little girl. Following the recipe for holy anointing oil found in the Old Testament, Exodus 30, 2023. Uh, 22, 23. Grab your Bible, flip yeah. to the right page, we'll read wait. as you go. Hit pause. Oh, shit, you're back. What? Yeah. There it is. Yep. We're, we're going to play uh, Bleeding Vagina by Cannibal Corpse <laughs> while you're going to grab your uh, Bible. Very common hymnal edition. Um, so here's this holy anointing recipe is in the Old Testament. Um, so following the recipe, this healer of local renown, a.k.a. Jesus, 
infused nine pounds of a plant known in Aramaic as cannabosum into about six quarts of olive oil, along with essential extracts of myrrh, cinnamon, and cassia. He then applied this ungent concoction topically to the infirm, allowing it to absorb transdermally or, you know, through the skin. Add a little cinnamon. Make it your own. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, so this is a recipe from the Bible, right? And, okay, not if, if at first you're like, there's recipes in the Bible? <laughs> what was the original matzo ball like, you know? Like, so tender. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is that the recipe's in there. I mean, like, it should tell you something. Okay, look, if you want to see Jesus as a shaman in some senses, right, as a guy who's connected to the beyond in some way, this is, like, the type of information that he's passing on. You know what I mean? Like, this is essentially like divine knowledge in some senses, right? And if you look at the Bible as divine knowledge, you have to see this that way. Yeah, so this is a recipe in the Old Testament, but at Jesus's time, the Old Testament was just known as the, the Bible. Testament. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the sequel has not yet dropped. Yeah. <laughs> and he's uh following this 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 recipe and as you alluded to, the the the, the Bible's not chock full of recipes. Right. So this is important information. There's yeah. the matzo ball soup recipe you talked about. There's one for uh, making schmaltz. Yeah. And then this one for the holy anointing. Yeah. And then there's the holy anointing schmaltz, which is if, you, whole if different you need thing. to bless a brisket. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then Bible 3, of course, is going to have an entire food section. But, you know, yeah. like Bible 3 is at least 1,500, 2,000 years away. So right now we're left with the handful of meager amount of recipes that we have in the Old Testament. And one of them involves using cannabosum. And also, I really think it's great, by the way, that our word for cannabis today is so closely related to their word for cannabis in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. Yeah, Shout well, this is that. where we get into... Uh... You got that jiggy? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. man. I'm over here. I'm the, I'm the fucking Philadelphia parking authority over here. <laughs> right? This is an ongoing thing. Y'all at home, you know, it's like... You know, we got to keep each other in check, man. Yeah. There's a couple wild guys. Well, <laughs> I think, we, you know, as as the budget scales up, this may become a two-joint show. I don't know. That's when we'll know we went, like, separate Holly, uh, separate uh, dressing rooms. Yeah. People will be like, they don't even hang out anymore. <laughs> they spoke separately, you it know? It used to be about the fucking yeah. weed, man. Like, we used to go get lunch and, you know what I mean? And pass joints back and <laughs> forth. Pass a sandwich. We used to share a sandwich. <laughs> We used to share one sandwich. Yeah. Now, and not even split down the middle. We just uh, like bite for bite, bite for yeah. bite, back and forth. We pass the well, plate. Well, bite, bite, pass. Yeah, bite, bite, pass. Yeah, we we're, we're not animals. We're not gonna one bite. Yeah, it. depends on how this show goes. We yeah. might be bite, pass, bite, pass, like pretty soon. We might get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I hit a seed husk in this thing. Ooh, yeah, yeah. it'll pass. Anyhow, so uh, Jesus. So, yeah, well, you get into this with the cannabosum. This, this is what it all comes down to. How do you translate that word? Um, but I think, you know, the other thing is... It's Hebrew, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's a, it's a Hebrew word, and then it's translated. So we're, we're going we're gonna to get into this right now. According to conventional biblical scholarship, which has never been wrong about anything, right. and is, <laughs> you know... Done and done. <laughs> we all know who the one true God is. And yeah, it's, it's foolproof. It's yeah, foolproof. 100% of people are down with it. 
According to conventional biblical scholarship, the, quote, 250 shekels of cannabosum listed in ancient Hebrew versions of the Old Testament supposedly refers to calamus, this plant, calamus. Uh. But Chris Bennett, author of the 2001 book Sex, Drugs, and Violence in the Bible, claims that this is a mistranslation that occurred the first time the Hebrew Bible was translated into Greek. Ah, no kidding. So it was like, look, there's a lot of things like, you know, you hear stories about, oh, in the Bible, like a council of elders essentially voted on something, you know, to be like, how are we going to interpret this or translate it? And I mean, here, conveniently, cannabis gets lost in the shuffle. The thing that makes you you know, that provokes your thoughts and starts making you question the constructs around you, oh, that just accidentally gets written out of the Bible. Very convenient. But what, you never got like super lit on Calamus and then you were like, you know what? Everything's a lie. Yeah, I mean, I got busted at the Canadian border with a shekel of Calamus in my fucking <laughs> fanny pack. Oh, right? <laughs> can you go back? Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah, of people no. can't go back to... Ca- uh, it used to be called Calas- Calamity. Yeah, well, Calamus is now legal in Canada. Shout out right. Justin Trudeau. Shout out Justin. Pro- friend of the show. Friend of the show. Good friend of the show. I've been on many times. Many. He's literally... He's sitting in the holding area right now. just waiting. <laughs> yeah. While you park on that joint. Whoa! Oh, yo, this is so... Okay, look. The listeners at home will see that the interval of my parkage... And I'm, oh. I'm still hitting this thing. I'm still hitting this thing. Okay, here, buddy. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. There's a literal oh, no, time clock on that. We're so we're so running out of weed right now. <laughs> wow. There's no weed. There's not four jars of weed in front of me. <laughs> okay. We could and, be and, two and joints. Shout out, shout, if you if you scraped your bowl at the beginning of this show, <laughs> we've scraped many many the yeah. bowl in our lives. We did and our in time. our hearts. Yeah. So and and you know like look, we are out here doing this because we want things to change for you. We don't want you to be sitting there with no options. You're paying $100 for, you know, some shitty weed. That's the only thing you can get. We're working on it. Anyhow. Um, so uh, you ready to hear a little bit more about cannabosum? Absolutely. So this is, this is Chris Bennett, who uh, a, a lot of the scholarship we're talking about today, he first brought to light in this 2001 book. Um, so I really do want to shout him out and credit him. Shout He's, out, Chris Bennett. Thank um, you for your work. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he writes in his book, The first solid evidence of the Hebrew use of cannabis was established in 1936 by Sula Benet, a little-known Polish etymologist who demonstrated that the word for cannabis is cannabosum. Uh, So we've got confirmation that the Bible was talking about weed. Well, she says the root can, K-A-N, in this construction means reed or hemp. While bosom means aromatic. This word, which appears five times in the Old Testament, has been mistranslated as calamus, a common marsh plant with little little monetary value that does not have the qualities or value ascribed to cannabosum. So the idea is that, you know, why would calamus even be in there? Because it's like this random useless plant from the time, right? So it seems like the people translating it would have been well aware, you know, of the value of cannabis versus calamus. You know what I mean? But, well, you know what? Which one strikes you as fragrant hemp or fragrant Yeah, you know what? We need to get our hands on some calamus. You know, anybody, Mm. any botanists out there, 
if you have some calamus that we can check out, uh, hit us up and pop by, and we'll take a look at the calamus because come on, let's you know we're gonna we're gonna have to smoke it. We're not gonna demonize something <laughs> without having tried it. Okay, that's not that's the uh, great moments in weed history way. We're gonna yeah. try firsthand research. Also, you know the point he makes in here is um, calamus doesn't have the monetary value ascribed. To cannabis because it's saying 250 shekels yeah it's worth something they're telling you how much to spend which obviously in inflation that's a lot more shekels now yeah but 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 they've understand this is about nine pounds yeah and we in california is okay look you know with inflation it's like 400 to 500 shekels a pound at this point and I, you know like check the conversions use your google convert currency converter you know it's like four thousand bitcoins to a shekel right now you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's worth something. So you know, like do the calculations yourself and and figure it out. And you know what's interesting, Bean? Actually, and maybe we can talk about this more later. But like Judaism is actually one of the religions that's the most amenable to cannabis, or the the rationale that despite the fact that you should follow the secular laws of wherever you live, that in fact. Using, you know, with if you're within the secular laws, using just about anything within your pharmacopoeia for therapeutic purposes is totally cool. And that is why now there's like, uh, you know, kosher uh, rabbi endorsed cannabis products like all over the United States, you know. But anyway, well, we'll I'm sure we'll have chances to get into that later in this episode. But let's go on. Okay, so... um well, I think the, the the one other point to make is, um, you know, keep in mind we're talking about nine pounds of let's let's you and I agree we're not correct me if I'm wrong we're not buying this calamus thing right absolutely not absolutely not so we're talking about nine pounds of cannabis going into an anointing oil to anoint one person that's a right? lot and you, a, even if you scale it down and be like okay well. Now our 20% resin cannabis, it wasn't that, it was lower. You know, you would say it wasn't bred up to have more THC, although perhaps it was 2,000 years ago bred to have a larger amount of THC or have a larger resin content. Any way you slice it, nine pounds is going to yield a lot within a tincture. And also, so they're talking about concentrating this into a tincture, into a single bottle of anointing oil. Into this one dose one amount dose. of of. You, it's it's like olive oil, and you're covered in it, and it absorbs through your skin. And when you talked about the cinnamon, a cinnamon actually helps you transdermally absorb. It 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 it, it makes the barrier of your skin uh, more open to bringing in the cannabinoids. No kidding. Yeah, I mean they knew what they were doing, and even with the um, with the plant breeding. Uh, people of that time knew how to breed plants. Uh, the only tablet we have remaining with any um, uh, winners from the oh. Judaica cup mm. showed like 13, 14% THC in the winners. You know, um, maybe other years there was even a 15, 16%. We just have this one remaining tablet, um, yeah. you know. The first cannabis cup. <laughs> the first you get Judaica cup was... Uh, you know, then I think the first ever. Um, Epic, man. Yeah. So they had some pretty good shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, 
Cannabosum makes its first rather auspicious appearance in the Bible as part of the story of Moses and the burning bush. When the revered Jewish prophet gets the holy anointing oil recipe, including those nine pounds of weed, direct from God, along with clear instructions to anoint only the priest class. Hmm, interesting. So, you know, a lot of people will say that, you know, they have interpretations of, you know, him seeing the burning bush or a lot of the sort of more visual hallucinations or even kind of like sensory hallucinations like having, you know, hearing voices or having people talk to you, you know? Now, it's like cannabis, you would say, doesn't like give you that level of hallucination. There's probably other things in the environment. There was, you know, psilocybin mushrooms or, you know, plants that contain other psychedelics, DMT. Who knows what was there that was giving these people hallucinations. But at the same time, massive doses, like the ones that we're talking about, uh, of cannabis will absolutely produce all kinds of sensory, including visual hallucinations in anybody. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, high, high concentrations of it. Like that's what they do. You know what I mean? And we typically are not consuming high concentrations of cannabis if you're smoking flowers. That's literally off the plant. It's the equivalent of chewing a coca leaf as opposed to like doing a line of cocaine, you know? So with that, I mean, these people yeah. were high. Yeah, like what was your most intense edibles experience? Ooh. Like as somebody who who uh, sampled edibles all over the world. Yeah, has eaten weed for a living. Yeah, which we've yeah. both done actually. <laughs> and yeah, so essentially uh, the one time that I really got high off edibles, and it's crazy because it wasn't like a meal or like an infused butter-basted steak or anything like that. As I've had some interesting fancy weed food. It was a quarter of a peanut butter cup. I was with my friend Roy, right, who perhaps doesn't even know that this was the most stoned I've ever been, I think, at all off of cannabis, you know. Um, but I ate that quarter of it. It was like some cancer patient level edibles, you know what I mean? It was very, very strong. And... I was rocked. I was totally tripping. And it felt like I was on mushrooms. You know what I mean? I, I would say it's like a pretty, it takes you to a pretty similar place in the right doses. So I can absolutely believe that people were having wild visions, you know? I think we think that we understand a lot about the world, you know, today. So when we trip, we are, you know, it's really hard for us to take leaps and bounds and think that we're talking to God or talking to the universe or, you know, things from the spirit realm. But maybe we are, you know what I mean? And like, maybe uh, that's what Moses was seeing back then. Yeah. Uh, and quick shout out to the guy in a Grateful Dead parking lot who sold me that uh, Rice Krispie treat. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Was, so so it, but that was your... He, in his defense, he was like, dude, split this with somebody. Promise me you're going to split this with somebody. And I was like, yeah. The person I split it with was God, apparently. <laughs> that was definitely the, you know, and and I, I we're, you know, we're talking about nine pounds of cannabis going into this into this oil, and so um, you, you want to hear Exodus thirty thirty one when when? Well, I know it by heart for sure. <laughs> <laughs> As, as, as we all, that was the joke. You want to hear Exodus 30, 31? You used to go to NFL games and hold up Exodus 30. Yeah. Maybe that's what people should do. Yeah. Because get, I think get it a starts, load of this. 
I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself. It's like worth living should I blast myself. That's the beginning of Exodus uh, 30-30. What was it? <laughs> yeah, 30-31. So it leads into this. What you, uh, it was the perfect lead in. So, so first, uh, Moses is communicating through to God through this burning bush. And God is literally like, 250 shekels of cannabosum. Uh, throw some cinnamon up in that bitch. Gives him the recipe. He gives him the recipe. And then he says, um, you shall consecrate them, which is another word for anointing them. You shall consecrate You shall consecrate them so they will be most holy and whatever touches them will be holy. You shall speak to the sons of Israel saying, this shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. It shall not be poured on anyone's body, nor shall you make any like it in the same proportions. It is holy and it shall be holy to you. Whoever shall mix any like it or whoever puts any of it on a layman shall be cut off from his people. Oh, wow. So th- th- this is a weird turn here. Now, now that smacks of some exclusivity, uh, you know, in enlightenment. Now, that's, you know, it's kind of weird to draw the line there. Why is this one person getting, you know, the anointment, you know, like the, the serious anointment? He's saying you can only give this to the priest class, basically. Ah. You know, Moses is alive. <laughs> So it's, it's like Judaism is pretty new when Moses was still alive. Yeah, You know right. what I mean? They're these old sort of prophets pre, you know, I, I should say, I'm not like a biblical scholar by any fucking stretch You're of not? imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Other than like I've smoked weed out of those uh, like rice paper papers that you get in a hotel Bible sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps that would make me a Bible That's right, scholar. being a smoke... Bible pages, that's it. Not the pages. Swiss guard, get them. <laughs> Not the pages, the blank race. Be oh, done, y'all. You <laughs> have done smoke, smote or smoked. You have done smoked of the Bible. <laughs> and you shall be smoked or smote yeah, forthwith. All right? Oh. Oh, that <laughs> but yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so anyhow, so basically He's God saying, is keep delivering this. Shit. this right. He's saying this is, this is the prophet dose. Of cannabis. This shit isn't for the layman. I'm not saying that's what God actually said to Moses. This is just what's in the Bible. Gotcha. So what ends up happening, where this is headed, is like I said, there was a different prohibition. It was this prohibition. Don't give this stuff to regular people. To the plebs. Hoard it so that we can control its power. Right? That's very weird, though, because like, you know, look, I think it's it, it, you do see it in all ancient religions that there is like a, a certain percentage of the population that's like, you know, that's shamanic, that's tapped in somehow. Right. But it's it, it's an interesting thing to me, because you know, in, in my view of it, everyone should have an individual connection with their spirituality through these substances. Right. But here we have like a clear line being drawn. Yeah. Absolutely. And who knows, you know, uh, where that prohibition came from. Maybe it didn't come from God or from Moses. Maybe it was somebody a little further down the line who said, oh, I don't want to share this. God said, don't share it. So 
who might come along to challenge this prohibition on sharing this cannabis anointing oil? Hmm, in the times of Moses? No, many years later. Many years later? Sequel, the sequel's about to drop. Jesus H. Christ. Mm, let's see. I think you're on to something. Many other competing religions and spiritual paths active at this time, at the time of Jesus' life, including pagans, shout out pagans, uh, and those who worship the goddess Asherah, shout out probably less people who still do that. But, yeah, but still, but shout let's out Asherah. look Ashira. into that shit. And I feel like uh, future episode, uh, goddess Asherah. Um, they had their own far more free-flowing cannabosum supply. They grew weed. It was commonly known to be a medicinal plant. It was probably, as we talked about, not as strong nearly as what's around now, but they had it. So it wasn't so much the cannabis plant that ancient Judaic priests tried to keep to themselves as the healing potential of the high-potency anointing oil recipe passed down to them by Moses. Wow. And and what this gets into is um, like that Sanjay Gupta special and the ch- kids that we've seen who had hundreds of seizures getting cannabis oil and those seizures stopping pretty immediately. Yeah. And like a natural medicine that is so much more effective than all of the incredibly damaging pharmaceuticals that they put these kids on. And the saddest thing I think about those cases is that a lot of times the kids don't start receiving cannabis treatment until their, uh, you know, their seizures have caused a lot of developmental damage because the parents just weren't aware or in much sadder cases, parents who were aware uh, of, you know, cannabis as a medicine for this, but couldn't access it because of the laws in their state. They don't have the money to, you know, become the, you know, pot refugees that end up in Colorado because their kids are very sick. And you know what I mean? That's a, that's a crazy thing because, you know, we've allowed our kids to suffer in this way for a century, you know, uh, without, you know, completely ignoring the fact that, you know, we've buried a very, very effective medicine for it in the annals of history. Yeah. And I think like one of the things Sasha, uh, one of the things Sanjay Gupta said in that special was, He didn't just say, hey, look, this medicine is working for these kids and it's incredible. To his credit, he said, there's been a propaganda campaign against this and I was a part of it and I'm sorry for my role in it. The the little girl in that um, CNN special who is a kind of, uh, I based this hypothetical girl 2,000 years ago on her, could, would have the same symptoms, would be just as receptive to cannabis medicine, um, would have the same positive reaction. Her parents, as you said, they had gone through every type of pharmaceutical treatment. They had gone through surgical procedures. All of that had already not worked. And nobody from the medical establishment told them anything about cannabis. They saw it on a TV show called Weed Wars that was on the Discovery Channel because, frankly... You know, I, 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 if I'm going to ever toot my own horn once uh, on this show, I was writing about CBD and those types of effects on pediatric cases two or three years before 
that Sanjay Gupta special came out. And that's out. specifically addressed to the group out there known as you young whippersnappers. <laughs> <laughs> it's more the idea that this information was out there, okay? Until Sanjay Gupta stepped up and admitted that he'd been a part of this propaganda campaign and did something about it, that information was still out there. Credible amounts of people were having this reaction and the medical system still would not help them. And this family had to see it on TV. And so that's the kind of misinformation we're up against. And so of course we need to look at this idea that, hey, maybe what we have been told about the life of Jesus is at least incomplete, you yeah. know? I think it, it really also uh, is more evidence to, you know, something that keeps coming up as we go through the last century of weed history uh, is that this was such an effective propaganda campaign that actively within a generation or two, it was able to completely bury, um, you know, something that has for thousands of years known to be an effective treatment against seizure disorder, Right. So think about this. When cannabis or hemp oil was not illegal in the United States, so pre-prohibition, so we're talking like Civil War times, literally, where there's tonics like with cannabis in them, or there's extract of hemp, there's hemp oil, there's cannabis oil, cannabis resins, cannabis tinctures that are used to treat all kinds of things. Now, this is pre what we call modern medicine, which began with like lobotomies and shit, <laughs> right? So like, you know, what we're looking at is, uh, a, a double think on the part of some of our ancestors, you know, some of the people who came before us and some of us right now today who are willing to overlook massive amounts of historical evidence. Now, pe religious people respect the word of the Bible, right? And for them, this little mistranslation is makes a huge uh, personal political difference in America today, right? Because literally, like, I mean, you're looking at something that's not only mentioned in the Bible, but endorsed in the Bible and, uh, you know, used by Jesus himself, you know, who I'm told is the central figure in the Bible, right? The sequel. So, <laughs> the sequel of the Bible, <laughs> right? Bible 2. He's big in the sequel. He's the lead of the sequel, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, the Jedi, and the main at, Jedi. Yeah, not at all. I don't think he was in the first one. <laughs> I don't know if there were any flash forwards. I don't, I don't think so. There was like a slight thing where you see like a baby, you see like a pregnant woman and it's like, oh, that's going to be in the sequel, you know? Well, you know, the first one ends the end question mark. Yeah. So I'd say perhaps he's the question mark. This is the first the time of... they use that. God invented putting the question mark after the end, uh, which is, I mean, if you think about it, is pretty profound cinematic yeah. innovation, right? I mean, I think they might have uh, uh, invented the sequel. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, of course. And, you know, the crazy thing is Bible 3, if you look at it, is the Quran because, like, literally every single story <laughs> is the same. You know, that's something that that's another thing we forget a lot of times is all of those, you know, the, the major monotheistic texts, right? They all share each other's stories. They all acknowledge, you know, the prophets that came before them. Like in the Quran, they say like, oh, Moses, the prophet, Jesus, the prophet, right? Like all the guys, Abraham, right? Like the, the granddaddy of them all, as he is known. You know what I mean? It's literally all the same thing. So, you know, whatever religion you subscribe to, if you are, you know, 
a subscriber to one of the major monotheistic religions of the world, cannabis is absolutely tied into the scriptures that are fundamental to your religion. You know, and if the only reason that you don't know it, if you don't know it, is because it's been so politicized in the just the last 80 years. He 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 dropped the crutch. Crutch drop. And it's a crutch drop. <laughs> and a well deserved one. And I'm gonna roll another JB. Yeah, I you, think we're getting into yeah. that territory. And we advise you uh, yeah. as your weed advisors to do the same. And if you don't subscribe to a religion, um, maybe subscribe to this podcast. Yeah, totally. Um, and if you want to kind of send us all your worldly possessions and devote yourself to the betterment of this podcast. Uh, we'll talk off, you know, we'll talk off screen. Yeah, religion 3.0. <laughs> <laughs> We're disrupting religion. Um, so aside from crucifixion, uh, spo- oh, spoiler alert. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> Wait, crucif- what? What happened? <laughs> no, 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 no. What don't happens worry. at no, the no, end? No, 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 no. Do you want popcorn? You want to get, uh, I'm going to get some... Uh, 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 some of those you who... Uh, I'm fine with my pretzel <laughs> bites, but I want to see where yeah. this is going. No, okay. <laughs> so, aside from crucifixion, <laughs> Jesus's baptism, which happens in the first, you know, third of the movie. Uh, Jesus's baptism is considered uh, the only historically certain fact about his life. Uh, the, the New Testament's... Vivid accounts of the ceremony make it clear that the apostles considered their Savior's encounter with John the Baptist to be a pivotal and transformative event, one that marks the beginning of his public ministry. Um, and I can read Mark. I know you will know it. by for, for our readers who don't know Mark 1, 9 through 13, I can read it. You can probably just focus on finishing up the joint. And it's John the Baptist is like his contemporary and he baptizes him. So this is the first time that anyone has baptized anybody, right? No, it's, I, I don't know the whole history of baptism, but but they're basically, they say Jesus became a public minister with followers after that, that, that this baptism changes Jesus from uh, one form to another, essentially. Wow, okay, Which cool. is going in the water. Gotcha. Um, so here's Mark 1, 9, 13. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of, Gal- uh, Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him. This is what he's experiencing as he's baptized. So he's having this trippy. Okay, so Jesus Jesus gets baptized by this guy and has a crazy out-of-body hallucinogenic experience. Yeah, so here comes a few questions for you. All right. Um, because obviously you're, you're, he's being baptized in the River Jordan. Yeah, but if water served as the catalyst for Jesus's spiritual ascension, you know, all being tempted in the uh, for forty days and all these visions that he has, if that came from water, why does he never perform a baptism? Jesus never performs a baptism. Why take the name Christ, which means the anointed, not the baptized? 
And why anoint his own flock in oil before sending them out to anoint others, as described in Mark 6.13, they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Okay, so basically Jesus has got his own troop of, you know, shamanic sort of little priest homeboys, and he's dosing them, and they're running around dosing everybody else. They're healing people is what they're, you know, there's all these, uh, uh, the many of the miracles attributed to Jesus in the New Testament are healing miracles. Right. Um, he wasn't, in, in essence, a healer. and But yeah, it's like he gets his, his disciples, he anoints them in oil. He doesn't baptize them. He anoints them, you know, we've ditched the calamus thing. He's anointing them in this powerful, potent cannabis oil. And then he's saying to them in these words, you know, um, go out and anoint with oil many that were sick. You know, so he he's he's breaking this prohibition and deciding to share this anointing oil with at least he's got like a medical cannabis going. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he, yeah, he right, right, right. He won't maybe give you wreck. <laughs> Interesting. So he's essentially like this stuff is great, right? Everybody should try this, despite the fact that, you know, there's whatever biblical reference for saying that this is just for the holy men, right? So now everybody out there is getting lit. And, you know, I'd be curious to see what the translation of the word uh, sick was, you know, because like sick could mean any number of things. It could mean unwell or it could mean like generally out of, uh, you know, touch with the, with your spirituality or something. You know what I mean? I feel like that could be interpreted in a number of ways. Well, aren't we all sick and dying at any given time? You know what I mean? So that's like now the masses are getting to experience what he, he experienced. Yeah. And, you know, this is a very local phenomenon. You know, it's not like he's got a website and a Twitter blowing up. He's just moving around. And, and that's where these um, healing miracles that are documented in the New Testament, he's, he's anointing people. Um, so the, to those who believe that Christ used cannabis oil... The answer to these questions, you know, why, why doesn't he baptize people? Why is he so into the oil? Lies in non-canonical Christian texts. Okay, so this is all like sort of outside of the, you know, the, the Bible. These are other accounts. Other accounts. Um, so the, the canonical texts of the New Testament, uh, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, were not selected as the canon until around 325 years after Jesus' death, when the Roman Catholic Church culled them from a large number of contenders in hopes of uniting all Christendom under one banner, their own. The church then sought out and destroyed every other account that differed from their now version of events, allowing the very empire Jesus once virulently opposed to seize control over the practice of Christianity for a thousand-year period known as the Dark Ages. Yep. And, you know, here you see that sort of transition, right, of like, you know, 
Jesus, you could have associated much more with one of the shamans of the ancient world or one of the holy men, right? That's sort of seen as a healer, right? Seen as there's a blurred line between spirituality and medicine and wellness in a sense, right? And now it's been totally reappropriated. And look, I mean, you know, if, if you look at what the the church, you know, the, the authorities that now wielded Christianity became, essentially it was just totally uh, repurposed for social control, right? So it's like, okay, let's hijack all the pagan holidays and just incorporate them and then use force, you know, at some point to to spread the religion and to use colonialism to spread the religion in some senses. What they're spreading is not the original, you know, message of a guy who was clearly a hippie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Clearly like an altruistic, uh, you know, idealistic kind of person. Anti-materialist. Yeah. And in, yeah. And in fact, th- it's those authorities, right? Who killed him, essentially, right? Or chased him out of, you know. Well, that's our new cri- uh, true crime spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> Who killed Jesus, specifically? There's a lot of accusations flying around. But yeah, no, essentially, it's like, you know, look, you, you see a guy who was uh, persecuted by the Roman Empire, right? Whose followers were, you know, like chased around by Roman soldiers. And then you see, you know, an empire that... Uh, in the long run, incorporates Jesus Christ into all of its art and all of its culture, right? It's totally those same forces that did it. And that's the really scary thing, you know what I mean? Is that despite what you might do in life, the impacts that you might have, the things you stand for can be completely just repurposed without your knowledge. And if Christ is coming back at some point, you know, if there's like a second coming of Jesus Christ now, I'm Nowhere near being a religious person, right? But like in the traditional sense, I guess. But if Jesus Christ coming back, which Bibles 1, 2, and 3 all talk about, he's going to be like, what the fuck did you do? You know what I mean? Like if you follow the traditional organized form of Christianity today, eh, you should be concerned about that. You should maybe listen to this podcast and smoke some weed. I, th- I think one, one quick parallel too is, um, you know, Jesus is taken over by the Roman Empire that he once opposed, and then they use his imagery to do their own shit. Um, Cannabis and capitalism. Right now, you know, we've been up against this uh, system that was, yeah, you're you're nodding your head with me. Preach, brother. (laughs) You know, they threw everything they had at us. They put us in jail, they fucked with our families. And it's like, now they're gonna take all the trappings and they're gonna try to take all the market share and they're gonna try to take all the profits, um, but they don't want anything to do with our values. And uh, fuck that shit. Dude, so true, man, absolutely. And you know you know that the only way, you know, I, I think you, you saw this, you know, coming up in the activist days of cannabis journalism, right? It, is that, you know, the only way to get past a certain point, you know, with the people who make the laws in, in this country, in this world, was to demonstrate some sort of value to them and be like, well, how about, okay, you couldn't, you said, oh, look, it's a medicine that, you know, that could help a lot of people. No, it still won't make it legal. A lot of people are in jail for no reason. You know, we, if we're spending money on it, we should stop doing that. No, still not good enough reason. 
Uh, you can tax it and you'll make money. Boom. Let's start legalizing weed all over left and right. And I think the, the thing that we, something that we've talked about since, you know, we, since we met, you know, is that there is a really bad road that we could potentially go down when it comes to legal cannabis. You know what I mean? And by God, we're going down it you know, one way or another. We're going down it. There's some turnoffs. You know, there's some corrections. I'm, I'm, I, I, I think we had to win the legalization fight and now we can have the what comes next fight. You know, we weren't going to transform capitalism and and weed prohibition at the same time. And ending weed prohibition is the most important thing and the achievable goal first. But that said, like, yeah, it's if you've been around Los Angeles and you love weed, you've seen it all at this point. (laughs) Yeah. And remember, I mean, it's something that I try to stick by when it comes to cannabis, you know, and it's that. You can't freely trust the authorities that have unjustly prohibited cannabis for so long to now justly regulate it. Remember, don't trust the authorities. To, I don't know. It's just, you know, like, use your common sense, people. Anyhow, back to Jesus. Back to Jesus. Um, so, yeah, they've, 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 they've gotten, they've said, these are the books that are the Bible, everything else, um, heresy. So, meanwhile, any Christians who continued to promote alternate views of Jesus and his teachings were labeled heretics and brutally suppressed. Much of their scripture and dictates were thought to be forever lost as a result until 1945, 1945, when an Egyptian peasant digging for fertilizer in a cave unearthed a dozen leather-bound books inside a sealed jar a treasure trove purposely buried there by scribes at a nearby monastery sometime around A.D. 367. Wow. Holy shit. So from a thousand years before, or from 1500 years before, whatever, there's literally books. I mean, this is incredible because from those times, it's really rare, few and far between. A lot of, if any, if there's any written records, very often they're destroyed by the conquering uh, force, you know, uh, and all memory of the previous empire is wiped out, and then we know nothing. So, holy shit, what did it say in the book? Yeah, so these guys hit, the, and they made like a box set of all these other alternate first-person accounts of Jesus. So these are these are accounts like Luke and John of like, yeah, we, you know, some were like, yeah, we were boys, and others were like, I was in the crew. No, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know how if you knew Elvis, you can write a book like, yeah, oh, yeah. I was his food caterer for 30 yeah. years, Weed feeding carrier, Elvis, yeah. my story. I was Elvis's <laughs> pill carrier. He has, he has one oh. of those like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday box <laughs> pill boxes for Elvis, <laughs> except it's like really huge. You know what I'm saying? Like each, each, each one's slot. a footlocker. Yeah, <laughs> each slot is like a fucking Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> so within these volumes many of which predate the books of the New Testament, biblical experts discovered a parallel but radically different telling of the life of Jesus, one that places the anointing ceremony squarely at the center of Christianity. Whoa. So not only is it in the Bible, but it's like a massive, it's a significant event of the Bible, but it's one that's basically the center point of the entire story. Yeah, so much so 
that these various sects were given the blanket name Gnostics from the Greek word for knowledge to highlight their shared focus on firsthand experience of the holy oil as what defines a Christian rather than secondhand faith in scripture, dogma, or the priesthood. Wow. Oh my God. So Christianity is all about weed and literally followers of Christianity who are not using weed right now are like totally fucking up, essentially, according to the Bible. Dude, that's, look. Or if you're not getting, uh, if you're not getting cannabis or calamus, then you're definitely fucked. Right. Okay. Maybe if you're like, you know what? God's really into calamus. Jesus was really into calamus and you're doing the calamus every day. I think you got some wiggle room in court. Like, hey, sorry, I thought I was following uh, the holy anointing oil recipe. Yeah. So go uh, ahead and go get yourself some uh, biblical marsh plant <laughs> and make get nine pounds of it and make a tincture. And then maybe you'll be on your way to being a Christian <laughs> or go down to your local dispensary. Yeah. And you know what? This also, if capital, if capitalism is going to do anything positive for weed, you know what I mean? And the church, which is already, you know, uh, capitalized on Jesus Christ and his message at this point. Look, I think the cannabis industry and the church need to join up and start distributing anointing oils to Christians all over the country uh, so that they can finally get right with God. You know what I mean? In the, in the biblically accurate way. Bible 1 and 2. Anyhow, uh, let's relight this little jiggy here and keep going. Jesus. Yes. So, yeah, these Gnostics believed this oil is at the center of the whole thing, and what's important is your personal experience of it. So um, the, the Gnostic uh, book, The Gospel of Philip, for instance— uh, proclaims that any person who receives this unction, the oil, is no longer a Christian, but a Christ. A transformation then disfavorably compared to the placebo act of baptism adopted by the Roman Catholic Church, in which would-be initiates, quote, go down into the water and come up without having received anything, because there is water in water and there is fire in chrism or an anointing. Wow. So so literally the water is just a placebo. It's just a symbolic uh, action uh, in reference to the actual anointing, which is to uh, receive a dose of cannabis, to receive a, a heavy dose of tincture. What the Gnostics say is that uh, the baptism took place but it was like a cleansing ritual to get you ready to receive the oil. Oh, wow. So they literally just stripped out like the main part, which is like, you know, washing yourself to receive this full body dose of cannabis oil. Yeah. Whoa. Well, for one thing, I definitely want to try the full body dose of, uh, <laughs> you know, of, of uh, tinctured THC. That's kind of fucking amazing. I mean, and also... Can you imagine the level of, uh, you know, psychedelic experience that you would attain with something like that? I mean, you know, it's like smoking some weed, uh, which is like less common in the ancient history of cannabis, you know, than, uh, you know, than eat, taking it orally or in a form like this. Right. 
doesn't give you nearly the psychedelic experience that edible cannabis or, you know, uh, orally or externally applied cannabis can in some ways, right? So that's like, I mean, that's insane that... uh, Now, I have a friend who he'll use any psychedelic in large amounts. That's his kind of his whole jam. And he had an edibles experience once that was so strong, he'll never have an edible again. Wow. And, and you know, that can happen. You know, it can be a very and powerful experience when it's in that kind of concentration. And when you eat cannabis or when you absorb it, it affects you much differently than when you smoke it. Yeah, dude, that is pretty interesting. And also, you know what this is great for? You know who this is great, like, information for? Is anybody who's out there who, for whatever reason, people around you are saying that, well, you're a Christian, you shouldn't be smoking cannabis, but you personally enjoy cannabis, well, here you go. A bunch of justification that's straight out of the Bible, right? So the next time somebody says it, you know, hey, you shouldn't be smoking weed. Uh, you know, you're a Christian. You should be devout. And you're like, I am devout. You should be using cannabis. You know what I mean? And here you got some evidence. You know what you do? Send them a copy of the Gospel of Philip. Anyhow, uh, back to Jesus H. Christ. Well, we're bringing it, we're bringing it home here. So, you know, um, I'll just, I'll close with, um, close our, our, our great moment in weed history with, uh, this is uh, Christ speaking to his apostles after preaching at Lake Galilee. So this is backstage. He's with his crew. Like he did the big show. He did the big room. They came out, brought him a towel. Yeah, he gets off stage. They're kicking it backstage. He has a seat, pops a blue Gatorade <laughs> and says. <laughs> it, it was water when they gave it to him. <laughs> That's what's great about Jesus's rider. It's He's just, just water. Like, six bottles of water, big tank of water, bucket of water. And uh, some, some dirt. He's like going to turn dirt into like a fish. <laughs> One fish. He's like. <laughs> and then there's an asterisk like must have fish. Yeah. It's like literally just give me the one and we're good. But I need that but one. But I need that one. <laughs> one loaf oh, of bread and the five. one fish. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like literally. And nobody going to eat. <laughs> ain't, ain't Jesus eat. Ain't nobody eat. So he's kicking it with the crew And he says Do you bring in A lamp to put it under a bowl Or under a bed No Instead don't you put it on its stand For whatever is hidden Is meant to be disclosed And whatever is concealed Is meant to be brought out into the open If anyone has ears to hear Let them hear Lamps Back then, we're fueled by oil. Cannabis oil. Cannabis. He's saying, Dude. I'm the lamp. I'm not the oil. And you don't take a lamp and put it under a bed. You put it up on a stand and show it to people. Wow, dude. So, I mean, literally, he's asking people to carry the torch of cannabis. Mm-hmm. Literally. That is well played, sir. Into the future, <laughs> right? <laughs> Holy smokes, Jesus H. Christ. The guy was a weed head. And that about wraps it up for this episode of Great Moments in Weed History. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a nice little review if you're so inclined. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at, at GMIWH Podcast. 
and please give us a tweet or a post if you like the show. And with that, we'll close it out. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. that's the show folks thanks so much for listening and if you stuck around this long please consider supporting us on patreon you could put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com and that would really help us as we research write edit and publish a new episode every weedness day great moments in weed history is written produced and performed by me david beanstock aka bean Special thanks to our sponsor, PAX. Go to PAX.com and use promo code GREATMOMENTS, all one word, for a big discount at checkout.